You're listening to the Autoglass Repair and Replacement Magazine podcast. In this podcast, AGRR Magazine examines the industry's latest news and hosts discussions with some of its most interesting people. Welcome to the AGRR podcast. I'm Editorial Director Tara Tafferett, and today we have Bill George, Director of Business Planning for Pilkington. He has had a long career there, more than 23 years, in fact, and we are glad he is able to join us for this episode. Bill, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. It's great being here. Well, we appreciate it. Um, You know, 2020 has been interesting, to say the least. Um, Someone I talked to yesterday used the word nightmare to describe it. Um, How would you sum up 2020 so far, perhaps in a word, and then we'll get more into, you know, how all this has affected uh, Pilkington and the industry in general? Wow. In one word, um, I would say my word would be adaptability. Adaptability. That's, yeah. that's a good one. Um, because of course that's been so important when you don't know what's coming, you know, from day to day in the beginning, hour by hour. Yeah, definitely Indeed. companies have had to adapt. So tell us how business is at Pilkington in light of COVID um, and then we'll talk more. We'll talk more about the industry in general. But maybe just like, what are some of the major issues you've encountered, and how you've overcome them? Yeah, you know, our, our issues have been, I think, fairly typical. You know, in the beginning, we were really concentrated on how do we keep everyone safe. You know, how do we keep our employees safe? How do we keep our customers safe? Uh, what's the best way to serve our customers? Uh, we had to rethink. So many processes, all the way from the most basic process, like a like a will call counter, mm-hmm. uh, all the way to our, our our value added work cells that we have in Columbus, where we're you know adding uh, extremely important pieces to glass and things like that. How do we manage those things? So it's it's been a ride. As you've had to change things, like with distribution and like you said with the with the will call counters, um, have your customers been um, in general? Um, understanding of, of all of this in, in this in these times. Oh yeah, I, I would say uh, f- from a customer standpoint, everyone's come together and and really supported us in everything we're trying to do and uh, in our safety procedures and our process changes and things like that. It's been actually it's been it's been great. It's been great to see uh, our customers and the industry as a whole kind of yeah. come together. Yeah, yeah. really good. Um, now, what about from an industry perspective? Talk to me about how you think this is changing things. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to touch on is maybe like miles driven, um, how that has affected and will affect Autoglass. You know, obviously more people are on the road now than are in the air. Can you kind of speak to that a little bit? Sure, sure. It's, 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 it's also been interesting, you know, for us, uh, we see miles driven being significantly down. Um, and obviously there's a, a large correlation between people driving on the road and, and, and our industry. Uh, and, you know, you can't, you can't break a piece of glass. If, usually if you're not driving, uh, sometimes people do a great job with two by fours and things like that. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, usually it's, it's, it's driving that gets the job done. And, and, and for us with, with nobody driving, uh, you know, you would, you would expect the, the volume to go completely down and, and it did for us. You know, I think uh, we saw a, a tremendous drop off in the initial months. Um, but, but since then, you know, we think, and, and, you know, my information is, is, is anecdotal, but, you know, we, we see partial offsets like people aren't flying. So they're driving places more and, and, 
and you know there's been a general drop off in mass transit in favor of personal cars and things like that. So mm-hmm. it seems like there's some offsets. Um, you know, our business really hasn't, you know, outside of the critical months being April and May, really June and July and, and August so far um, have been pretty okay. We, we've, we've, we've seen a rebound and it's, it's difficult for us to exactly understand why, you know, we, we think as people spend their consumable income, uh, it, it, there, there's decisions that are made, you know, and, and, and if you're not going to a restaurant or if you're not doing some of the normal things you might do, uh, people are looking at their cars and saying, well, maybe I should repair that. Maybe I should get that fixed. So maybe some of the pent up demand that was out there uh, is getting repaired um, in lieu of people not driving. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, that's kind of what we see. It's, it's, it's been interesting. We really don't see the miles driven uh, rebounding until, you know, most likely, fully, most likely until 2022. Right. And that makes sense more. I mean, even though people are driving more, I mean, there's still probably people that are putting off vacations that he would, they would even drive to, you know, so that makes sense. Yeah. So, okay. Um, and one of the things is before COVID, we talked a lot, um, just industry in general. Um, we looked at this last year in a, in a big article about maybe how the industry might or how consumers might be moving toward like owning less cars in the future, you know, because of mass transit and ride sharing and all that, you know, autonomous vehicles. But um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think COVID has changed all that again? Yeah, we've been, we've been thinking about that a lot uh, here at Belkington, you know, and we don't actually think that COVID uh, will change that mega trend in the long term, mm-hmm. you know, Certainly in the short term, uh, we've seen a fairly large shift, like we just talked about, away from mass transit and ride sharing. But we don't see those as permanently shifted. You know, we we see it as a slowdown in the trend, but but not ultimately a reversal in what we spoke to before. Uh, so maybe the, the future that we talked about, you know, would be later versus sooner, but still coming. Right. Right. OK. So you still think um, autonomous vehicles in all that technology you think is still um, on track, maybe slowed down a little bit, but still um, we're on that track towards um, more autonomous vehicles. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's on a track. Um, on a track. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I don't think it's because of COVID when, when we're really looking at it, you know, in 2016, there were a lot of industry folks um, in the automotive industry, not just the aftermarket, but a lot of industry folks talking about autonomous vehicles being, you know, on the roads uh, in early 2020. Um, but but really, uh, we haven't seen that significant uh, shift happen yet. I think there's a lot of liability, you know, regulatory and technical hurdles that are still out there. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of people with high hopes and a lot of people with with ambition, but um, not quite yet. You know, when you think of the, the 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 different stages of autonomous driving, we're we're really still. You know, it's got got to go through one one through five, five being completely autonomous in every situation, and really, uh, you know, the cars are bumping up against three, um, where you get you know some vehicles where you can take your hands off the wheel and pay attention for a certain amount of time in certain conditions. Um, but nothing really past that and until some of these more regulatory and liability uh, things 
clear the way, I don't, I don't see, you know, full autonomy happening. And, and then you still have some technical things. I mean, you guys have driven uh, in Detroit in the winter, right? Um, me personally, no. <laughs> if you had, <laughs> if you had, you'd realize that uh, in, 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 in those significant situations where it's really tough to see the road yeah. um, and the roads are really tough to begin with. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a long way off, but, yeah. but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. We're a lot milder here in Virginia, <laughs> which oh, I like. <laughs> indeed. I, yes. I enjoy that. <laughs> um, so I spoke to you, I think it was last summer I interviewed you for an article on AGRR and um, obviously Pilkington is very involved in um, calibration for the opta aim. So, um, you know, with all this, even though we might not be there with all these autonomous vehicles, we're obviously there with a lot of um, technology and, you know, ADAS. So, um, you know, calibration is really important. So can you just kind of take us through how that's grown in the last year? I imagine it's a lot, but um, tell us your perspective on that. Oh, yeah, it's been significant uh, for us. You know, calibration has been a, a cornerstone of what we're trying to drive um, over the last three or four years ever since we really we really began the endeavor um we're we are trying uh, to continue to expand the number of aftermarket installers that calibrate and and have access to calibration you know when when we talked about this in the beginning when we introduced optiaim uh, a few years ago you know our goal here is to give access to the market um to our customers uh, and and we knew that, you know, when you replace a windshield, you're going to have to calibrate at the same time. And, and we saw that coming. So we drove that and, and we're continuing to do it. I, I would say, you know, for us, calibration just as a, as a percentage, right? Uh, year over year, since we talked about it last year is, is for us, it's an expansion of 100%. It's, it's oh, like wow. a doubling over the year. Yeah. It's, it's been significant and, and great number of people are, 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 being able to calibrate and have access to calibration today. Good. Well, that's good news for the industry as a whole, as it seems as um, more auto glass shops are bringing it on then. So that that's good news. Indeed. Um, I know you're also big supporters of training installers on calibration. Did you want to speak to that a little bit on what you do there? Oh yeah, for sure. We are, we are, we're, we, we, from the beginning, we've introduced, you know, uh, aftermarket calibration and training we think a solid training foundation is really key, you know, to what we do and, and what someone needs to be able to calibrate successfully uh, and, and, and over time um, successfully. Uh, it's been tough because uh, our whole thought in the beginning was in-person training. You know, oh, you, gosh. It's, it's a hands-on thing, you know, uh-huh. and, and, and we kind of designed it that way. We, we hired trainers and, and we built platforms and the whole nine yards. But then uh, with COVID this year, it, it, we had to take a radical shift. And at, at one point we were considering, you know, uh, should we stop the program and just wait? Um, is there a way to do it virtually? Does this make sense? And we gave it a shot. I, I have to say it's, it's been really successful. Um, you know, there, there's, there's difficulties with in-person training. You, you have to fly somewhere usually. You know, we're flying customers uh, here and there, and, and, and then those customers have to take valuable installers, you know, their most valuable assets, and p- take them out of the workplace and put them into a training session. So you've got that lost time there. So it's, it's really expensive to make it happen. It's great, 
when you can do it, but it's really expensive to make it happen. So we've done a, a, a fantastic job. Uh, the, the team has, has coordinated, um, you know, a virtual training session that, and when you, when you talk to the customers, they say they love it. And, and, uh, you know, the, we virtually walk through every aspect of the training, including, you know, uh, the, the mechanical part of it and, and not just that, but the understanding of, calibration and why it's important and how you talk to consumers on the topic. So, you know, I, I think we've done a lot of adapting, which was what I said that in the beginning yeah. um, to, to, to make that happen. But uh, so far, so good. I, I think we're going to continue to train. And, and uh, when, when hopefully when COVID's over, uh, we'll, what we'll probably end up with is a, a hybrid situation where we have both in-person and virtual training uh, taking place because, we see benefits to both, you know, in some ways, virtual training is, is better than in-person training um, and vice versa. So I, I think for us coming out of this, we'll, we'll have a hybrid and take the best of both of those to, to move forward. Great. Yeah, I was just, just going to ask you that. So you already answered that for me, because then that's good if somebody doesn't have the, um, you know, can't travel due to expense or whatever, that you already have that in place. So that's one of the upsides of all this. Um, so before we start to wrap up here a little bit, um, do you want to talk about just where, what you see in terms of industry growth over the next few years um, in Autoglass? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. You know, uh, from a growth standpoint, you know, when I think growth, I'm not necessarily thinking volume, like number of windshields or number of tempered pieces of glass. I think that'll remain generally steady uh, as, as new cars continue um, to, you know, uh, come back and new car sales continue to come back. We'll have more vehicles on the road. Um, the age of the vehicle population in the U.S. continues to grow. Uh, um, we're close to 12 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, 12 years is the average, you know, age on the road. So uh, repairs are becoming more common, and I think it's, it's in consumers' minds more. But the growth that I see is really in the value of the market. If you think about it, uh, like calibration, and you think of the value of a calibration and the, the valuation of our marketplace, um, you, you could suggest that the value of our marketplace, the valuation of our marketplace has gone up dramatically when all of a sudden we were, we were just performing as an industry replacement and repairs uh, mm-hmm. in the market. And there's an there's a economic value to that. You know? And all of a sudden you add almost a duplicate economic value of calibration to it. You're, 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 you're close to doubling um, the value in the market. So for us, you know, over the next five years, almost every vehicle that's produced is going to require a recalibration after replacement. Um, so we're going to continue to support that and drive that as, as much as possible. So you've got value driving in the market that way. And then you've got like glass complexity. You know, we're, we're seeing glass just become more and more complex as we march towards uh, autonomous driving, you know, the, the quality of the glass, the, the optics, the bend, yeah. all of these things is becoming so critical. And it was never really that critical before. Um, we're seeing like augmented reality windshields come into play where over the next few years, they'll continue to grow. And the, these windshields are having huge displays out on, on the glass that are actually more of a HUD scenario where, where they're out uh, over the hood of the car and they're, they're tying in um, all of these sensors like the LIDAR and the radar, and then they're putting images to that so, so that the consumers can actually see these things out in front of them. Uh, and, and then 
so you you have that value coming to the market. Um, yeah, you know, and, and then and, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no, finish. I, I was going to say, and then and then to tie that up, you you've got installation complexity, right? So now it's not just uh, it's not just cutting out a piece of glass and and putting one back in with the proper you know urethane system. It's it's this calibration, and and soon it's going to be calibration, and then it, the tying of the calibration to you know, other systems in the car like augmented reality system and things like that. So you ju- I just see this evolution of complexity, but really value in the market. So I, I see that the economic valuation of the of our business and the importance of what we do in the industry just growing and growing. It's going to get harder, but it's also going to get significantly more valuable. Well, that's what I was actually going to ask you about. It's so great from a technology standpoint, um, but it does make things harder for the installer, you know, no doubt. Um, so is there anything that you do to help your, um, customers with that as, yeah, well, as, as it gets more complex and harder for them? Continually. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our goal here is to, uh, you know, first provide access to the market. So make sure that all the installers and our customers and partners have everything they need to continue to do business in the marketplace. And that all the way, that goes from what we've done in calibration to you know training in glass and the understanding of the importance of uh, um, precision installation to an exact depth and things like that uh, in the pinch weld. Um, we'll, we'll tackle all those as as they come forward, but uh, we continue to endeavor to do that and, and provide access for the customers uh, to the market. Good. Great news. Um, well, that was all great information. Do you have anything else that you wanted to share before we let you go? No, I don't think so. Not specifically. I appreciate the time and, and everything that you guys are doing for the business as well. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much. It was really nice to have you. You bet. Thanks so much for joining us. Before we leave, I wanted to remind you that Auto Glass Week is going forward on January 12th to 14th, 2021 in Orlando. See autoglassweek.com for more information. For those that are able to attend, I hope to see you there. If you can't make it, stay tuned for news on our virtual option. That concludes our podcast. Be sure to check glassbites.com for all the autoglass-related news. Take care.